podcast for the quiet rebels who are changing the world from the inside out and the inspiring starseeds who usher our earth into a new paradigm. This is for those who, at times, feel like strangers to this world, yet who know that they are here to co-create the new timelines of Gaia. A warm welcome to this episode of The Weaver's Musings. Today, I would like to talk about truth, about trust and about evidence and how these three are connected. So let me quickly summarize why I wanted to record this episode. So I feel like, especially in the spiritual realm and spiritual business, there is so much talk about the universe, about the higher self, about soul, about all these these aspects that are meant to help us to grow and to lead a better life. But I often find that there is not that much talk about how we can actually truly connect with them on a really deep level. In a sense, how can we build enough trust in their truth that we can actually bypass, not bypass, but convince or work with our logical mind, our rational mind, to become quiet enough to really let us dive as deep as we would like to go. Because I think that's one of the the issues that many of us have, is that while we do feel a true connection and we feel the sense of truth in these concepts, we still have nervous minds logical minds, rational minds that are trying to get in the way between the deep connection of our heart and, for example, the universe or God. Because if you're like me and you grew up in a family that was not religious at all, for example, and was opposing the concept of the existence of God, you might have grown up in a family that has taught you that God is not truth that the existence of God is wrong and not true. So you might have a really ingrained belief in you that believing in God is believing in something wrong, in a non-truth. And when you have that belief running, and when your mind, your logical brain, still tells you that believing in God is believing in something untrue, it will be really hard for you to dive deep enough, connect deep enough with the concept of God, the universe, etc. So it doesn't really matter what it is and what you call it, if you call it God, if you call it the universe, whatever you might want want to call this consciousness, if you can't trust in its true existence, the connection will always remain quite shallow. So what can we do about that? To me, it really is a lot about dismantling our conditioning around truth and around what we believe truth is, what we believe evidence is, and what we believe trusting in the truth really means. And this is what this episode is about. So I really hope it will give you a few ideas, maybe some inspiration, some new insights around this and that it will hopefully help you to guide your logical brain, your rational aspect of self, through the process of trusting something that cannot 
be logically explained. So let's get started. First of all, I would like to talk about the fact that we live in an incredible evidence-based society, which means that the principle of needing evidence in order to believe in something and trust in something means that we are actually living in a society of mistrust. That means that you tend to mistrust information, ideas, concepts, unless you have hard evidence. And I don't want to criticize that completely. And I don't want to say that's wrong or bad because it isn't. It is great. We do need discernment. We do need to question things. And we don't need more people who just blindly believe anything they are being told. But I think the problem is that we are hyper-focused on this idea of hard evidence, scientific evidence. And we basically end up shutting ourselves down in, uh, from a creative perspective and from a curiosity perspective. And what I also want to say about this is that I think it's, it's, it can be a bit dangerous for us to say, oh, all evidence-based principles, the scientific evidence-based um, way of, of interacting with the world is wrong. I don't think it is. I think it is a natural step for our society to move away from a society based on, on superstition and based on really limiting beliefs about how the environment functions. I just think of maybe medieval times where people would have believed that if they see a cat, a black cat, walk from that side of the road to the other, that it means this and that misfortune. So I do think that we have moved away from this kind of um, superstitious way of seeing the world and interacting with the world. But it has been done and it is being done in a distorted way. So it has almost gone too far in a sense because I feel like we have basically eradicated everything we don't understand or at least we're trying to do that. We're trying to eradicate everything that we don't have evidence for, which is a real shame. It also leads to this really strong duality field, I find, between what we would call the reasonable human, the rational human, the logical human, and on the other side, the naive one, the stupid, superstitious human. So we've got this duality field and we're at the moment, I find, really, really playing in this role of this reasonable human part of it. And everything else is sort of pushed to this, uh, the other side. And I always see this like a swing of a pendulum. So it feels like maybe once in the past, we were really on this naive, superstitious side. And then the pendulum has swung all over to the other side. And now we're in this reasonable, logical bit. But in the middle, there is this sweet spot, which we are now missing. And that contains all the curiosity, the wonder, and also the sense of humility. Because I think it's really dangerous when we live in a society that makes this assumption that we know everything or science is the only way of yeah confirming truth so I prefer 
to live from this idea and this concept or this assumption that we don't know everything and we can't know everything. Quite simply because I don't think that we as humans have the physical ability to perceive absolutely everything that is to an extent that we can actually understand it. I don't think that we have the brain capacity to perceive all of this information and register all of this information, work with all of this information. And I also don't believe that we have the scientific tools yet to perceive even a fraction of the actual reality. Now, I'm personally, I'm no scientist and I really want to make clear here, this is not about bashing science at all. It really, really isn't. But what it is about is to open our minds up to the idea that there is more that could be true and that could be real even though we don't have the signs, the tools, the ability to perceive it yet and see it. Because I think that's where the danger lies is like when people go ahead and say what I can't see isn't true. What I don't have hard evidence for isn't true. When I don't see it proven by science, it cannot be true. Or when I haven't experienced it myself, it cannot be true. And I feel like so many people are still living in that. And it's such a shame to me because it feels like such a limiting place to be. And I have to say, I mean, I was in the very same place. I was in a place where I was looking down at people who were believing in something like God. I was looking down at people who were believing in something that was not visible because I thought I'm doing the right thing. I'm the good girl. I am the rational, logical, reasonable person. I'm a good human in a society. You know, I'm, I'm fitting in. I'm, I'm doing the right thing by being logical, reasonable, rational. I was proud of that. But it didn't fulfill me and it left my soul aching for something. I would even dismiss the concept of soul. And I would think that this is this body and all its problems is all that I've got. And the reason that I feel miserable is only because of some biological happening in my brain, in my body. It's just a hormonal thing. But I was completely missing out on the idea that there is something that I cannot grasp with my logical mind, that I cannot explain with my brain. And when I understood that there could be something that is invisible to me, but that is actually holding so much truth, a whole new world of possibility opened up to me. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. It's the possibility. It's the potential that lies in the unknown. And that's why I... I'm such an advocate of the unknown. I think we should just celebrate it so much more that there is so much we don't know because when there's so much that we don't know, that also means that there is so much potential we have yet to discover, which is beautiful, if you ask me. So one example about of this, um, this idea that truth can only be truth in through the eyes or through the lens of the current tools of measurement and current tools of seeing that we've got, B 
be it scientific measurement tools when we look at it from that perspective or from ourselves like the physical vessel that we have that we call our body from which we can perceive the world through the limited senses that we've got a good example for that and i'm sure many of you will know this is the is plato's cave which is like this story of these people who are sitting in the cave and they are just seeing there's a fire behind them and all they see is the shadows of the people walking by the fire. They can't turn around, so all they see is the shadow on the wall. And because that's all they can see, they say, this is the world, this is it, this is the evidence, I can see this, so this is truth. But they don't see that the actual reality behind them looks completely different because they don't have the physical tool yet, in that sense, the ability to turn around and have a look the other way to see what else is possible. And I think all of that is really a shame and it's dangerous and it's limiting because I think when a, when a society proclaims to know it all, it is basically shutting itself off from true evolution and going into revolution instead of evolution, I think. It feels to me like that. And it's the same about history. It's like when we say we know all about history, we know exactly what happened in the past all of these things is like, who says that? That is, again, a truth that has been taken forward to us through the eyes of the observer at the time. And when we then think about who, for example, has written the history books, who has recorded history as it was happening, in many cases, that might have been rich white males. So we will have the perspective of these people. And Everyone knows what happens when you ask two people who were at the same event. Ask two people who saw the same thing to tell what happened. They both will have had different focuses and they will tell different stories. Many will be similar, but one will have seen certain details that the other one will have missed. So we get always get a distorted view of things. And if we say that truth is ultimate, we know everything and we believe that as long as we have hard facts, that is the truth, then I feel like we're really shutting ourselves off of finding out more, learning more and gaining new insights in the future. So in that sense, truth, I think, is really an individual worldview, and I got into argument, arguments about this with people before um, where they said, well, but it is true that I cannot fly. And that's it. That's the truth. You cannot say you could have another truth. Someone else could have a different truth. And a part of me says, yes, <laughs> kind of, but that's actually a really good example. Is it really true? Can you really not fly? Or can you actually fly at night, for example, in your dreams when you leave your body and you dream of being a bird? You know, does that not count? I mean, I do see the point of these arguments, but I think it is still, we can still always find a way of opening our minds up more. And I think that is always the way to go, at least for me, to find a way to open up more, to more potential, to more possibilities, to more opportunities in life and beyond. So the ultimate truth from my perspective is something that is not existence, non-existent. And 
I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist, so it feels really kind of maybe crossing a boundary to say this. But to me, it also feels like this is true for science as well, because how many times have we seen science change its mind? So, for example, with evidence of, let's say, in physics, when whatever people or let's go back further when when people believe the earth is flat right people said i can see the horizon over there it just ends must be a disc evidence so to them it was true because that was what the evidence suggested until we improved our tools we got new tools we began to see things realize things and finally ended up measuring being able to see evidence for the fact that the earth is not flat. And who says that now we're at a point where, you know, maybe we are just at a different point in time, but still looking at things like the people did when they believed the earth is flat. And maybe in 50 years, 100 years, a thousand years time, we will look back at this time, this day and age and go like, oh my God, remember <laughs> those days when humans still believed X, Y, Z. And so I think everything is fluid. Truth is fluid. It is not an ultimate thing. And where I want to go with this is to invite you to ask yourself this question. Does that even matter? Does it even matter whether something is true, actually true or not? Because Let's take the example of the truth of the existence of God. Does it matter whether it was true or not that God exists or doesn't exist? Because as long as the belief in the truth that God exists serves people, truly serves people, is it relevant whether God actually exists or not? I always remember how my mum, when I was little, said that she would love to be able to believe. She would love to be able to believe in God because she was seeing the people in her choir, the people from the church who were, you know, who were just genuinely believing in God and that God wanted the best for them and they were praying every day and they just gave their problems up to God and they were just deeply, deeply believing in in this case, this Catholic God. And it's it's beautiful because it served them. It gave them a sense of security. It gave them a sense of fulfillment. And she always said she would love to be able to do that, but she, she simply can't because she knows it's not true. Or she's pretty sure it's not true. And I remember that as a kid, I thought, huh, so that's weird. So if you really want to do that, why don't you just do it? And I think that's where the whole deconditioning comes in from this rational, logical mind. Because her logical mind says, there can be no God because of the evidence I see with my own eyes and the world or the cruelty, all of that. There cannot be a God. Full stop. And that's where our evidence thing is kind of biting ourselves in the butt, right? If it holds us back. I mean, this might not be the best example for it, but... To me, it really feels like if we can find something that serves us, a truth, believing in a truth and trusting in a truth that serves us, like the existence of God, then how can we 
help our mind to move through the process of letting go of this rational evidence needing controlling thing in our head to something that we that basically helps us to drop back into the heart and embrace what we feel in our hearts so there is another thought experiment around this which was which I was um working with playing with recently and that's this idea of what if there are multiverses what if there are lots of lots and lots of different timelines and what if we constantly jump timelines in our current lives like for example for myself what if there is a timeline where I achieve exactly what I want to achieve where I am exactly the person who I came here to be, where I am 100% in my sole mission and following what I desire to do on this earth plane. What if that timeline exists? And what if I can believe in that truth and then utilize this trust, this belief, this inner knowing to get to that timeline? What if then when something goes wrong in my life, for example, I can go, huh, I have shifted timeline to something I don't want. I don't like this. I'm going to hop back. And I believe in that. And I take that as my truth and I work with it and I trust it. Will that serve me? Absolutely. Does it matter whether it's true or not? I don't think so. So it feels to me that it is irrelevant whether something is true like evidence scientifically true or not, as long as it serves you and others and the world at large. So, and when you think about it from this perspective, it all comes down to the question, can you trust? Can you believe? Can you calm your logical, rational mind to an extent that you can really drop into your heart, really feel into your heart what feels true what resonates as true within your core within your essence and follow that so if i truly believe and feel this truth in my heart that the timeline concept is real and true for me and i really trust that and i really follow that i can create something really beautiful in my life i have generated a tool for myself a thought tool that I can use and I can even involve my rational mind and my logical brain in it and make it support me in that sense. So I think that's really, really cool. So what is the first step on this journey towards finding the truth that is really supportive for you and trusting that? So let's take the timeline example again because for me for my brain that works quite well the first step to me is to really try it on to just try it out and see what happens like you don't have to let yourself be intimidated by having to stick with that but we quite often tend to do that because we have this ingrained conditioning of truth is singular truth is ultimate and when there is a truth we have to stick with that because that is the truth but if you can make truth fluid and if you can accept that your own concept of truth will, will vary, it will change, it will flow, 
then you all of a sudden have granted yourself the permission to just try something on as true and then dismiss it again if it doesn't suit you. So with the timeline example, I can now take this and I can go, huh, this really resonates with me. This really feels true to me. So in my heart, this feels true. So I can take it and I'll try it on. I see what thoughts will pop into my head when I try this on. I will see how I interact with my life as I try this on. And I will use my rational mind to play with it, play with thoughts that come up. I will play with the concept. I'll see, huh, okay, if that was true, what else does it mean? And all of that. But without the expectation of this truth being true for my entirety, (laughs) the entirety of my life and always. So I basically have the permission when truth in itself can be fluid, that I can today go like, hey, this is serving me. I see this as truth. I believe in it as truth and I trust it as truth. And I can create evidence for myself in my logical mind to help me trust and to help me truly believe this truth. But if it doesn't serve me anymore, I can move on. Or if I simply don't like it, I don't like how it feels. Maybe I will then move on and go like, huh, this just doesn't really resonate anymore. Then I will find something else or I will drop this concept and I don't stay attached to truth in that sense. And I think that's a really interesting thing to do as well, to not be so attached to truth and to learn to become detached from truth and from the concept of truth in order to open yourself up to more possibility and to more potential. And I know that it can seem and feel quite difficult to do that because because of this whole conditioning of what truth means and that we cannot oppose truth and truth is something almost like we create, I think many people create this hierarchy in their minds that truth is somewhere up there. It's not something you can question and anyone who questions truth or the concept of truth in general, uh, you know, better be careful, that kind of thing. But I have personally just experienced how this, how letting go of this attachment of truth has such a profound impact on my life. And I would like to give another personal example of this because I feel like this is really powerful. I have, as I said before, I have kind of grown up in this environment which was really, I don't want to say anti-religious, but not religious at all. And there's no belief in anything. It's completely rational, you know, all of that. And then quite recently, I came across the book, The Way of the Rose, which is about the rosary and completely against my past self-truth, I bought a rosary and I began to pray the rosary. I began to speak to Our Lady, to Mother Mary. I don't have any scientific evidence for it working, but I gave life the chance to give my heart evidence, enough evidence so I can trust. I need to be really patient for that. But small bits of evidence that are enough evidence for me personally to trust that I have found a new truth for myself have shown up. So through that, I have basically been able to give myself the gift of a new spiritual practice, a new devotional practice 
that has helped me go deeper into meditation and deepen my meditation practice. So it is truly a gift to myself. It really meant for me embracing doubt, embracing thoughts of like, this can't work. This is nonsense. This is rubbish. What the hell am I doing? All of that. To really embrace those thoughts and keep going anyway. Stick with the curiosity and stick with the question, huh, what if it was true? Yes, I do doubt it. Yes, I have all of these doubtful thoughts in my head, but what if it was true? What if all it needs is a bit more patience? And another question that has really helped me was, what harm does it do if I believe, if I trust it, if I make it my truth? What good does it do? And I have realized for myself that praying the rosary and speaking in my mind to Mother Mary and giving up problems to the divine in a way that feels good to me has genuinely improved my mental well-being because it lessens the load of mental stress for me. And that's again where I come to the point of like, what does it matter whether it is truth or not that, I don't know, a higher power exists that is listening to me and truly supporting me upon request? What does it matter if it is true or not? If I have the experience of truth that is enough for my heart to truly believe in it and for my mind and for my rational, for my, for my rationality, for my logical mind to trust as well. And to feel good about it, to make the world a better place with it because of where it leads me, of being a better person for the people around me because I'm more relaxed and more calm and more trusting in life. Who cares whether it's true or not? And what does truth even mean? Is it even as meaningful as we like to make believe in this society. I feel like I feel like there is chance of completely redefining the concept of truth into something much more fluid, much more individual, and much more spacious, allowing room for curiosity, for expansion, for potential, for possibility. So with all of that said, I think I'm going to let this episode come to an end here and really hope that you have found some inspirational insights here. And if you would like to have a conversation around this, I am doing lots of interviews and chats with people at the moment around what you really want in life, what you really desire in life and what you really desire for this earth. And since this the rewiring of our minds around the concept of truth is really one of those things that I'm passionate about and one of the things that is a part of my soul mission. I would be really curious to find out about yours and to find out what, what you really desire to change in this world. If you'd like to chat, be it in the comments on Instagram or in person or on Zoom or in the chat, wherever it may be. I'm really, really curious to hear your perspectives and I would also love to hear your thoughts around the concept of truth, 
how you see it all and how my perspectives have resonated with you. And now I'm going to end this and I'll speak to you again in the next episode of The Weaver's Musings. Thank you.